This is a HeadGum Podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Your class, your caste, your country, sect, your name, or your tribe. Mm -hmm. There's people always dying to try and keep them alive. There are bodies decomposing in containers tonight in an abandoned building where the squatters made a mural of a Mexican girl with 15 cans of spray paint in a chemical swirl. She's standing in the ashes at the end of the world, four winds blowing through her hair. But when great Satan's gone, Mm -hmm. okay, the whore of Babylon. Controversial. She just can't sustain the pressure where she's placed. She caves. That's intense. Yeah, what the fuck is he talking about there? (laughs) That is Four Winds by Bright Eyes. Yeah. And I kind of enjoy moving forward doing all these songs spoken word because it really allows us to kind of get into the lyrics there. Mm -hmm. You know, it really allows us to sort of get into the mind, the psyche of Connor and see what was going on. A lot of images going through Connor's mind at the, at this time. A lot of imagery, yeah. you know. We're dealing with a lot of big themes. He's got themes on the brain. Themes. Are they going to connect before the end of the song? We don't know. We don't really know. Well, just to give you flash forward to the end of the song. <laughs> yeah, where does he land? He lands I at, he lands. well, I went back by rented Cadillac and company jet. Like a newly orphaned refugee retracing my steps. All the way to Casadega to commune with the dead, they said, you better look alive. Ha ha. (laughs) Okay. I Okay, so something horrible (laughs) about me that I'm like already anxiously um, moving my bracelets around. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really loved that album. It's called Casadega. Mm -hmm. And then last year... I that because that's like a spiritual community in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I like spent four months making a whole like podcast about that community because I had like learned about it through really? Mr. Connor, who by reading the lyrics, I'm not convinced he spent more than three hours there. But sure. <laughs> because of him, Wait. I went and spent a bunch of time talking to like old people who talk to ghosts. Do they like it down there? They love it down there for better and for worse. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I am gonna get back to this in a second, but I do, I, I need, to, I need to, you know, this is, you know, a professional podcast, it's so true. I need to it's go back. True. Okay, so you guys are like, where, what, what year is it that we're listening to Bright Eyes? It, well, the year is 2010. The mm-hmm. album that came out in 2007. So your high school, that was a really, it was an album of high school, we will say. Huge, yeah. And in 2010, to get you get you all in the mood, I know a few weeks ago we were in 2010, so I'm going to do something different today that I've never done on the pod. I'm going to say what was going on in my life in 2010. Go for it. I'm going to say the top five things I was doing in 2010. One, living in New York City, okay? Going to college, working a full-time job at Intermix, okay? What is that? It's a clothing store. Nice. Number two... I was newly heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was. I do remember this. I was newly heartbroken. 
in and out of heartbreak kind of that whole year. Um, that's that. Three. I had swoop bangs still. Oh, of course you. Oh, still. Well, I guess. 2010. It was like giving like it wasn't it wasn't those, but it was like <laughs> giving more sophisticated swoop. I was blonde at this point. I had fully okay. gone blonde. I feel like blondes did get to hang on to the swoop a little bit longer than the rest of us. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. I feel like they they hung in there. I also 2010 was a year where I got really addicted to buying Mac lipstick. <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah. I got really into lipstick in 2010. Mm-hmm. What were your shades? I loved, it still is one of my shades. It's called Snob. It is a baby <laughs> pink. I actually think I'm wearing Snob when I went to take this photo. Ooh, that's a pretty one. Yeah, it's a really pretty shade of pink. I love, like, I look good because I have pinky undertones to my skin, like a little mm-hmm. piglet. So I look good with, um, <laughs> I look good with, like, pastel shades. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I try to like fuck around with browns and it just like looks like I kissed shit. So <laughs> it's, it's like not the best look for me. Yeah, I cannot convincingly pull off many colors on uh, on my lips. I don't know what it, I, I wonder how much of that boils down to a confidence game. But I've tried for the browns. It's hard. And it just I look like I'm trying to be someone I'm well, not. You have a nice like rosy natural lip color. My lips are really pale. But then it's like that does exactly what it needs to do to bring out what's already there. What's already there. Yeah. And the last fact that I'm going to say of me in in 2010, I was doing shot and beer combos at bars. (laughs) That was still like a part of my life, like doing like a shot of Jameson Mm -hmm. and a beer. Now, I hate beer. A little bit about me. Okay. Okay. I've never liked beer. I don't like how it tastes. I just like it always has made it's always felt stale to me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I just did this because, like, I think everyone around me was doing it, and it was also really cheap in New York. Yeah. So you could, like, go to dive bars, and you could get, like, shot and beer for like whatever, like, three bucks, bucks or something. Yeah. Like okay. That was going on with me in 2010. Now, I was in New York in 2010. Where was my guest in 2010? In Brockton, Massachusetts, a city 100%. that I truly cannot remember the name of for about 25 minutes. <laughs> and who is my fabulous guest today? Jamie Loftus. Hi. Jamie. Thanks for having me on the show. <sighs> I'm staying in my barber jacket, which I like is kind that. of a Boston. I feel like this is like Boston, Massachusetts. It's giving like wasp, you know. You would, yeah, you would blend. You could walk around Newton all day long and thrive. A hundred percent, and everyone would be like, "the the girl's a native," They're, you know. <laughs> they would ask you where some horrible like bakery was, and you yeah. would know. Well, I was in Boston recently. Ooh, what were you doing? I was there with Matt Rogers. Nice. Had a fabulous time. We went to the Cheers bar. <laughs> Which one? The real one or the tourist one? I don't know. This is it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's so the the I've been to both. <laughs> I love the the one that says Cheers outside. That is the fake one. Okay. Because there was never a bar named Cheers. It right, was until like, Cheers. Until, yeah. So they built the fake one so that fans of the show could go and have a great time and get a shirt. And then the bar that it was based on is in Faneuil Hall. So it's also a tourist bar, but I forget what it's called. Okay, I went to the fake one. Okay. It's uh, awesome. We went there the day Kirstie Alley died. Oh, my God. Yes. Were people crying? People were upset. Yeah. And um, I have to say, mm-hmm. smelled like piss and shit. 
It yeah, smelled. That's... We walked into the bar, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I was like, "This place smells like fucking hell." They actually pipe that in to give you a more authentic, <laughs> yeah, authentic experience. Yes, yeah. and they should. Yeah, as they should. <laughs> yeah, some of the I used to. One of my college jobs was that I would like shit in a bucket, and I would bring it over there, and they would just kind of slip you a ten. <laughs> For and a leave second, in the I was like. You're playing this very straight. I was like, did you really shit in a bucket? I didn't shit in a bucket. I just sold my blood in college. Actually? Yeah. How often did you sell your blood? As often as they would let me, but I was kind of anorexic. uh, So that Mm. wasn't like super often because you don't have enough blood. Blood. I don't know. But but yeah, I would sell my blood in Cambridge. How much does that go for? It's like 75 bucks. It was good for me at the time. I mean, that's not bad. If you could do it like... I think I would only really be able to do it once a month, but like 75 bucks was a lot for me at that time. And I was like, oh, I just need to like bleed out in Cambridge. Who knows what they were doing with it? But it was at like a Red Cross. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I was like, do I lie? No, it wasn't. It was at this, I forget what it was called. It was like some science thing. I feel like it's like comparable to participating in a study, except you're selling your blood i mean look it's like blood's blood you know what are they gonna do what's the worst they could do i don't i actually don't know there's a clone of you out there they're like extracting your stem cells and then like that would be pretty exciting i don't know they didn't seem very discerning i think they can't extract stem cells from blood though can they not i don't think so i don't know anything about science and every time i think about it i'm like shut down I think in order, whatever, I, I, I might sound, I'm, I not might, I will sound fucking dumb as shit if I try <laughs> and hypothesize how to abstract, how to get stem cells. I anyway. Yeah. Um, high school. High school. Well, you are such a fascinating person. You're the okay. only, because you're the only person that I know of in, in my life that is, that was in Mensa. Yes. Yeah. Not in high school, though. No, thankfully. that was later. Yeah. But obviously in high school, that brain didn't all of a sudden become genius. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? This has been a you've been cultivating her for a long time. Been working on it. But also it's like Mensa is so fake that you're like, it doesn't really actually mean very much. Right. But, it, but I was a standardized test girly Big time. Really? Uh, loved the stuff. Well, what was the vibe with you in high school? What was your high school like? Were there cliques? What was your vibe? Were you like a theater person? What was going on? I feel so my high school, Brockton High School, it's it's really huge and prison looking. Mm-hmm. And like I think when I was there, it was like four thousand or five thousand kids Holy went there. Shit. It was like huge. My parents had been there before me. Like I'm like third generation Brockton. And that so it's like so big that four thousand to five thousand kids is very large. It was I like it was bigger than my college, and I really liked it because I feel like if I went to a smaller high school, I probably would have gotten bullied pretty badly, especially mm. early on. But it was so like I talk about this with my friends from high school. I'm like, oh yeah, we were just kind of moving targets. You couldn't really keep track of us right. long enough to make us a consistent bullying <laughs> target because yeah. we were separated into like four houses, like. Harry Potter. Basically. Really? Yeah, you get randomly sorted in eighth grade. There's no hat. There's no. <laughs> there's no transphobic hat, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, like in eighth grade, it's like a big deal. You get to school at your junior high because there's like four junior highs too, and you find out whether you're in red, green, yellow, or azure. For some reason, they didn't say okay. blue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> like... Feels. <laughs> 
that also feels kind of homophobic. It <laughs> it feels truly like I don't know. Every once in a while, because Brockton's like a very like low income community, and I feel like every once in a while we try to like spice things up and be like, we know what Azure is, right? Um, don't second get like. But anyways, I got sorted into Azure which was disastrous for me because all of my friends from junior high were in red and green and I knew nobody in the Azure building and that's See, where I you feel have like to I'd want to be everything. in Azure. Azure kids, I will say in retrospect, I feel like I ended up in the right place. Yeah. But it was like brutal at the beginning. So you didn't get to interact with anyone in red or green or wait, red, you, green, yellow? Yeah, red, green, and yellow. And you didn't get to interact with any of the red, green, yellow people? You do, like, have classes with them, but your homeroom and your library and your lunch, most importantly, were all in your building. Mm. So, like, you had to make friends in your building or you'd have no one to eat lunch with and it would be a disaster. Was it, like, classic cafeteria vibes? Yeah. I always I always want to do, like – and not that I'm qualified to do it. So someone should do some sort of, like um, – psychological experiment of like how color influences high schoolers eating lunch because the kids in yellow were lunatics fighting all the time I think because they were in a blindingly yellow room and it was like stressing them out wait it was the color of your school of the building you were sorted in was your cafeteria the cafeteria would be blindingly that color so your cafeteria was blue super blue and people were kind of mellow there huh Nothing really wild really went down in Azure. I feel like the vibe was like kind of like bookish, mellow kids. Green was like friendly sports kids. Red was like kind of nerds. And then yellow was like who knew what was going on in yellow? Crazy. I dated a boy from yellow and he was like, I need to get out of here. Like it was he was really stressed being there because it was so Can you transfer scary. out of your school? Like if you got sorted no. into yellow, you can't go over to red. You are you are uh, in the yellow building your entire high school career, except if your parent worked at the school and then you get to be in the same building as them. Because my uncle was a math teacher in red. And I was like, I should be in red with my right. cousins. Right. And they were like, absolutely not. You are Azure. And my dad was thrilled because he was like, I was in Azure. Oh. And my mom, but my mom was in red. And I was like, objectively, my mom was cooler in high school. Right. So. I think Azure is the cool one. I, I like to think so. I ended up making like some really great friends in Azure. There was like a, the girl, I ate lunch alone for like the first three days of high school. And yeah, for high school, I feel like for me it was like two distinct eras because I wore a back brace. And so it was like back Did brace. Did you school Yeah, real bad. <laughs> and so I had to wear a back brace 23 hours a day Holy from like. Holy shit. It was gnarly. Did it work? Enough. I mean, I'm like, I can, people don't usually guess. I don't know. It worked enough because there were all these weird rules that I wonder kind of like how the science bared out there. But I wore a back brace 23 hours a day from like seventh grade through 10th grade. And then. The second I got out of my back brace, I feel like my life got very different at high school. Like, how so? I just, like, I don't know. I had these, like, weird rules for myself where I was so, like, 
ashamed of the back brace and trying to make it work. And it was under my clothes. And it was like, I, I, I have a friend that wore a back brace and oh, it was yeah. like h- hard and like white. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you had those big Velcro straps. Yes. And you yes. have to wear these like special T-shirts yes. that get really stinky. Because and it was like just, it, it will like it like digs into your skin. Mm-hmm. And like the T-shirts would not they could only do so much. Right. Um, but yeah, it was like and I was like super like rail skinny in high school and then just had a weirdly large torso and wore oversized clothes and mm. was just like. Really, but I wouldn't even tell anyone I was wearing a back brace. Only my friends knew that I had it. And then I had to, like, take it off to go to school band and go to gym class. And there was, like, this whole secret operation because even the teachers at my school, they're like, yeah, people are going to bully the shit out of you if they know you wear a back right. brace. <laughs> we'll help facilitate. Like, yeah. the gym teachers were actually really chill about being, like – you know, here's this like whatever. There was like a special place where I would get changed before gym class so that people wouldn't know I had a back. Like I had somewhere to put it so that people wouldn't bully me, which was really sweet that of them. It is nice. It was nice. And then but I just like in my head, I was like, well, there's no point in trying to like date anyone or even like have a crush on anyone because right. no one would like me because oh. I have this. And there was like a rumor about me in 10th grade that I wore a bulletproof vest to school okay, because I was afraid that. of people. That's actually really <laughs> like what a wild, <laughs> wild rumor. I didn't push back on it because I'm like, that is better than the alternative. Yeah. So I'm going to let this rumor let kind of rock. fly. Yeah. My geometry class was buzzing with this <laughs> rumor. Is, and what would you say? I no one ever brought it to me directly. It was because if you don't like whatever, you're wearing this like really hard shell thing, and it, I like slouched a little bit in class one day, so you could see the top right. poking out. And they're like, "What is she wearing? Oh my god, is she a f-? like?" I don't like because this was. I mean, it's bizarre to think about how like I feel like the end of my high school experience was when anxiety about school shootings was really starting to kick up, um, and it felt like possibly a response to that, where they're like. Jamie needs to relax like right she's fine and but I sort of <laughs> I liked the idea that they thought I had militarized myself to go to school yeah and that no one and that my friend it, all, it also made me feel good that my friends never told anybody That's I thought really someone nice. would yeah it was nice oh so that was like the first half of high school so it was like nothing like and yeah. then when you got to take the back brace off then mm-hmm. what happened Uh, Then I just feel like things did get much easier. And a lot of it was just like I felt more confident and like my body had like changed while I was wearing the back brace. And I feel like I so thoroughly dissociated from my body Mm. through like uh, during puberty that I like got out of it at the end of 10th grade. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like I have boobs and I'm tall. This is great. And I like started this that summer. I like started dating someone i had my first boyfriend and like fell in love and blah 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 where'd you and meet your boyfriend school band because i was a he, fucking dork and he was in Auger. <laughs> he was in, no he was in he was in green i think but cool. but if you're a senior you can eat lunch wherever you want really yeah that's the privilege is you Ooh. can move freely and the trick is by the time you're a senior you probably just want to eat lunch in Azure like you have right your whole life right it feels like because it's like why am i gonna go and like do this new thing yeah i'm like lois and yesenia are still in azure they're yeah. my lunch friends they're my friends that's where i'm gonna eat but if you were like dating someone you could so i was dating 
a senior and I was a sophomore, which I was so thrilled about. And he would come from the green cafeteria to hang out with me in Azure sometimes. I love that. I loved it too. <laughs> what did you play in band? I played the oboe. Really? Yeah. I love the oboe. Me too. I think it's very underrated. I just went to the Philharmonic, not to brag. <gasps> How was it? I've never been. It was amazing. They did follow me back on Instagram. So uh, just saying. Incredible. That's that. Yes. Um it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Their oboes and their harps are red. Really? Yes. A red oboe. It's really pretty. That They're like cherry like red. Metaphorical. Yeah. That's amazing. I've never uh, watched that show Mozart in, in the Jungle because I'm not like fully convinced it exists. People love that show. What is it about? It's about an orchestra, and the lead is Mrs. Oboe. That's all I know. I don't know anything about that show. You love that show? I loved it and when it was on. People loved that show. Is that right? The, the lead was Mrs. Oboe? I don't know. Like she, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his love interest. <gasps> Do you still play wow. the oboe? I still have one. I want to start playing it again. Were you good? Uh, yeah, I think like by the end of high school, I was good. I wasn't like, I, I like... Uh, the reason my parents made me do it was like my mom did research because she's like, all right, we're not going to have any money to send you to college. So like what's right. the orchestra instrument that's most likely to get you a scholarship? And she was like, OK, you're going to play the oboe. And so I just felt like I had to get good enough to get a the college scholarship. scholarship. Did you? I did. You got an oboe scholarship? Yeah, and it was great because <laughs> I didn't need to play the oboe in college. It was just like that is five thousand so... oboe dollars, and then I never had to play again. <laughs> oh my god! It worked. It's I kind of like I almost because I for the beginning I like kind of fell in love with it in high school, especially during my back brace years because I would try to do as many activities as possible that meant I had to have my back brace off to do it. Right. So I would practice a lot and I like did lessons and I was like doing more oboe and dance than I probably would have otherwise because it meant that I had to be out of the back brace. Right. So I got like pretty good in high school. I love that. It was fun. I kind of miss it sometimes. Well, guess what? The oboe's waiting for you at home. Oof, and you can it go sure is. Oh, below in that oboe. <laughs> I want a red one. That sounds so cool. Um, were you a good student? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm asking you that. I feel like that's <laughs> like a given. But you... I wasn't very cool. Like, yeah, I was mostly a... Loser. But like, I don't know. I don't think that... I think that we're conditioned, and I blame everything on Holly Weird. <laughs> I think we're conditioned by movies to think that, like, cool kids aren't good students. Or yeah. we're conditioned to, like, think that they're this unrealistic thing, which is, like, uh, which is, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you didn't get an A on your, like, oh, she's a loser <laughs> low life that's, like, bad at school. Like, she's I, a burnout, yeah. Right, like, that also isn't real. It's so bizarre. Yeah, because I feel like, I don't know, I there definitely weren't, like, a ton of cool kids in my classes, but it was, like, I feel like there was another hierarchy of, like, you know, I don't, I, like, I never felt, I had, like, a better high school experience than I did college experience, which I always kind of feel 
weird about, but like I genuinely enjoyed high school for the most part. Like the back brace was pretty diabolical. Um, but like as you were saying, your high school was big enough that you could almost like be anonymous. You could do almost anything. Yeah. And it also kind of meant that you could like move in and out of social groups pretty easily because just like a lot of people just like did not know each other. And so I would like, th- I like had like school newspaper friends or like band friends or like drama club friends. And uh, there was some crossover, but not actually really that much. So it felt like you could be different people in different You areas. told them full different life stories yeah, about yes, you and exactly. every single pocket of person thought you were a different person. I had five birthdays. That's so <laughs> funny. Did you like party in high school? Not really. No, I wish I wish I had because I feel like it was later in high school that I realized that like some of the dorky kids were were partying mm. and I just didn't know. Um, I hear that a lot. I hear people being like, I had no idea that people were going to parties or yeah. like whatever. It was I I like modeled my life so thoroughly on my older cousins who is two years older than me. She literally like kind of selected my band boyfriend for me and she was just like, <laughs> Jamie, this is Andrew. You will be fingering each other like at the movies. <laughs> and like I was so like I I still like I love her so much and she um, I think because she was very protective of me because she was like, oh, my my cousin, who's definitely not wearing a, you know, b- bulletproof vest right, to school. Right. <laughs> she like very much shepherded me through the first half of high school and protected me. And she was very like didn't do party stuff very much. She's right. like a black belt in karate. She's very disciplined. Whoa. She's intense. Really cool. um, that was always my dream. Right. I wish I had been push to do that instead of whatever else um we're gonna go to a quick break and when we get back we're gonna talk more about how i wish i did karate vr training platforms like the one developed by fundamental vr and orbis international are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients as you practice each skill the muscle memory starts to develop learn more at meta.com metaverse impact as you write your life story you're far from finished are you looking to close the book on your job maybe turn a page in your career be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. back i am so mad that i never did any martial arts right i'm like i i wish because now i'm like addicted to watching crazy like taekwondo videos on tiktok yes where people go nuts and i'm like i wish i could do that you could still do it though it's like never too late to do it right i don't know I tried to take a class in college, and then I was like, I can't do this. Here's what I'll say. My friend wanted to pick back up Taekwondo, went to a dojo here in um, L.A., mm-hmm. showed up. It, it was like my friend, 
nearly 40, mm-hmm. him and a bunch of 10-year-olds. And he's like, he's like, I can't like I can't do this. Like this is no. so weird. That feels like, predatory. Yeah, no, that it's feels bizarre. Wrong. And it's <laughs> yeah. like it's just it's very, very weird. And I was like, well, I shouldn't have let you get in that class. I was I'm like, I shouldn't have there's not just one for adults. I, I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's like I did ballet and like Same. there are so many adult ballet classes. Like mm-hmm. you can always find a class that's like, you know, filled with people like us, filled yeah. with people that are like, I grew up doing ballet. I just want to come and like do bar and floor for like two hours. Yeah. But to me, also ballet is the kind of thing too where even if you're like – later in life you decide I want to take a beginning ballet class there's something mm-hmm. less daunting about that almost than like yeah taking a taekwondo class I feel like it's just like not popular for older people I wonder I, I didn't think of it that way because I haven't like looked into it in years oh that's a, kind of a bummer I wish there were more like options for him watch there be a million options and, and he, he just, just like went to the like, one yeah where he was like I yeah. only take a class with kids so yeah. I don't know yeah, I guess I can't do there. it <laughs> did your high school I'm guessing the answer is no but did your high school have a dress code no no we didn't i mean there were like i guess it was more like you know it when you see it and your headmaster could be like knock it off right but i don't think i ever got spoken to about anything i think it was more just like if you if you had i feel like we were in high school during like the age of the t-shirt slogan so if your t-shirt says something too fucked up right they would be like enough take it off yeah um, what was your favorite outfit to wear in high school? Ooh, um, I had a selection of oversized T-shirts uh, for the back brace era. I'm always like, God, if I had had Billie Eilish in high school, I would have been chilling. Yeah. But it was glaring because yeah. everyone was wearing fucking skin tight Hollister. Yeah, things. I was going to say. Um, honestly, yeah, we didn't have a lot of money. So it would be like my big T-shirt era and then immediate hard swivel into like cousin hand-me-downs mm. from um american eagle and or hot topic depending on the cousin hall love so, it did a did a mix me and sandy honig love to reference happy bunny <gasps> i feel like you could yes. have been a happy bunny person i definitely had a happy bunny i had happy bunny school supplies big time mm. i loved that damn happy bunny yeah. and then also the suicidal bunny oh the Do suicidal the- bunny was was they they can't do that anymore you can't do that. And no. maybe they shouldn't have in the first place. I mean, Suicidal I Bunny. I haven't suicidal thought bunny. of Suicidal Bunny in a minute. I'm going to pull up Suicidal <laughs> Bunny. Suicidal Bunny. Haven't heard a peep in 10 years. No, I, they literally were like, and we're done. They were like, and we're not going to do Suicidal Bunny. I was page a daying with the Suicidal Bunny. I was watching that bunny I mean, over this? and over and over. It's insane. Woo. I actually can't show. It's it's pretty. I can't gnarly. show. It's it's really crazy. I d- um. I if if you like- want, you can Google this this uh, <laughs> this part of culture that I think a lot of people would like to forget. Yeah, this one. But I remember that one so clearly. Cheese grater. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> It's, yeah. So gnarly. <laughs> a bunny tossing a brick on its head. The yeah. first one that I showed you was really dark. That was pretty, that was elaborate. This too. one. 
I you always see like right before it happens too, which is really potent. It's um, really intense. Wow, I feel kind of sick. Yeah, no, I really loved this. <laughs> yeah, were you an e bombs world person? I wasn't an e bombs. I was. Someone tweeted about this the other day. I was a big girl dot com person. Who's that? What's that? G u r l dot com. I don't know. I don't know if it still exists. I this was maybe more middle school than high school, but it was like. A website that was clearly run by adults, I think, but it was like that's where I learned about my period and stuff huh. like that. It was a website versus a magazine or a parent or a friend or a guardian. But I feel like I got a lot of bad info because in high school later yeah. on, that was like where I'd gotten most of my like sex info of like you're having sex for the first time. Here's what might happen. Did you have sex with your band boyfriend? No, I um, did a bunch of stuff with that guy, but sex wasn't one of the things that I did. Mm. Um, I lost my virginity right after high school. That's a good age. With a different boyfriend who is so nice and we're still friends. That's nice. Yeah, it was nice. It's always nice when people are nice. It's you know? really um, nice when someone's not an absolute cartoon villain. Yeah. Um, especially, I feel like lucky that I like lost my virginity to not a cartoon villain because I don't think – I could have emotionally handled it if I had. Yeah, I think that maybe I'm the cartoon villain in some people's <laughs> minds that really? lost their virginity to me. That's okay. Ex- that's so cool. Yeah, people are losing their virginities to me, not the other way around. That Let's get that so straight. Fucking cool. <laughs> did you wait? So you did theater in high school? Yes. Did, yeah. Were you like the star of the plays? I did like, I feel like I did. A mix of stuff because it was like I would be in some of the plays, but then in like the spring musical, I was the dance captain. So mm. I would, would do choreography and dance for musicals, but then I would act in other stuff. And I also like built sets because I felt more socially comfortable around the kids who built sets. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was I, they were all so hot in my high school. Really? If you were hot, you built sets. I would not say that of my high school, but I know that I really liked them. Yeah. I felt like all the hot boys were building sets. Uh, we and... had, I mean, both of the guys who, I mean, our high school was also like, there was a lot of like predatory teacher vibes. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, I guess I don't want to call anyone out specifically, but like, yeah, there were certain people that you you like knew like this guy has parties. At his- I think that was part of the reason I avoided parties because the ones I were was invited to like felt wrong wait teachers were having parties at their house and inviting students and they didn't get fired no they in fact got promoted what (laughs) it was diabolical yeah i so i like didn't i went to like certain parties but i feel like i don't know like i think because i had like older cousins and older friends they would be like oh yeah don't go to that and because I was like the baby of my friend group, I kind of just would like listen to them. And then as a result, did not go end up going to okay, many. Well, it sounds like that's a good thing that happened. I'm thrilled I didn't go to those parties. And then I went to like other drama parties that were like just kids and were really fun. And as like, all to be clear, all parties in high school should be just kids. It should actually be adults yeah. getting mad at you for having parties. Not like throwing the parties at the home that they own for example did they buy like alcohol for kids i can't say for sure i never went but that's very yeah, strange were they really weird i mean i i would imagine that there have been people 
because I've been doing this podcast for a while now, there has to statistically have been someone on the show whose classmate was in a relationship with a teacher. I mean, def, def, the person I'm thinking of for sure. Yeah, that, yeah. that's like that's like a thing. Remember when that, that yeah. was in the news all the time? Yeah. And then I'm like, I did that stop? I Maybe I just am not as attuned. But there was like a huge sex scandal at my school when I was a freshman. What happened? It was with this man who was my who had been my junior high track coach like he was the girls swimming coach and he was the girls track coach at a junior high and i yeah i like did not run track past eighth grade but he was like i i never had any weird experiences with him i just was like he's creepy i don't like him and we all seemed on the same page about that but then it was like with the swim team that he was like Doing all I I don't remember specifically, but he like got fired and like taken to court and yeah, it was like a huge school where like I think stuff like that would sometimes happen and the communicate like there were so many of us like it was hard to know who to avoid and so you had to like really be locked in with like friends you trusted who would be oh like God, avoid terrifying. I'm not making my high school sound very awesome. No, I did it does, like it. I mean, it does sound <laughs> awesome. I like I liked getting sorted by colors and that you played the oboe and that you also yeah. wore a back brace that people thought was a bulletproof vest. <laughs> yeah, and that you had a sexy boyfriend and that I, you had well, good was, friends. It sounds like pretty idyllic. I really liked it. I mean, I feel like I got such a wide like range of experiences throughout high school and it was like I feel like I got like a little taste of cool girl shit on the dance team and mm-hmm. that was like f- good for my self-esteem even though I wasn't having that much fun like socially yeah that's um, like the kind of thing that you do almost to just have um social currency I yeah. feel where you're like I don't love this job, but I'm going to do it for my bank account. <laughs> right. You right. know? It felt like – because I loved dancing, but the, like, culture around dancing stressed me out. And I felt like I always had difficulty connecting with cool dance girls. And it was probably an entirely a me thing where I'm right. like, they know I'm a loser. And, like – Well, yeah. It's like it boils down to, like, how you feel about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um but I, like, got that side of stuff, and then I also got to be, like, a band dork and school newspaper dork and, like, all the stuff that I, like, really had a great time with. I like that. It was fun. I liked it. Is there, like, a story in your mind that really sticks out to you as being, like, such a quintessential high school story to you? I was thinking about this. I mean, the back brace uh, bulletproof vest thing was very formative. Mm. Um, Do you still have your back brace? My dad has both of my back braces at the house in Brockton where he still lives. And he I kind of appreciate my parents are very supportive of like all the dumb stuff that I do. And my dad's like, you're going to want this today for a project of yours. I'm going to hang on to them. And I was like, you can get rid of them. It's fine. And he's like, no, you're going to want this for a project. I can feel it. (laughs) I I mean, you never know. I kind of at this point, it's been so long that I'm like, you know, maybe. Maybe I will. Yeah, keep it. I would feel kind of bad if I didn't at this point. They're very – they take up a lot of space. And it's, it's it's a really nice thing to have a sentimental parent, I think. Yeah. Um, and then the, I guess for like the other story that always sticks out to me from high school was like I was, I was in one love triangle in high school. And that was really, really stressful at my senior year. Who and was in the triangle with you? Me, my – 
uh, my boyfriend. I can't just. I still. I don't know. I'm like, was I evil for that? I don't know. What What happened? I started dating my high school boyfriend or my my second high school boyfriend who I was with for like years and lost my virginity to him and all that stuff. Um, but no one knew that we liked each other. Like it was very like people were very surprised when we started dating. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, another girl who he had been on and off with for a long time that I was, like, sort of friends with, mm-hmm. but not really friends with. And then I had my one of my really close friends who was, like, one of the only um, out boys at our school. And, like, he had always had kind of a crush on him and just, like – when I started dating him, everyone was mad at me. Mm. And it was like I lost two of my friends. And then there, there's this whole – like I never have gotten closure on this and I'm afraid to ask because with both of these people, we've since – it doesn't matter. Like we have hung out. It's fine now. But for like the se- my senior year of high school, I think someone threw a watermelon on my lawn and no one has ever admitted to it. And I'm like, it can't be a coincidence that as this was happening, I was outside after a band thing. He was also in band, but he played the drums. Okay. So it was cool. Um, <laughs> That's hot. A drummer? I think drummers are sexy. I was really into the idea of dating a drummer because before my first boy- boyfriend was Barry Sachs and now he's like a bit much. And for those of you that don't know what shorthand Barry Sachs is, that's a baritone saxophonist. It's the biggest one. It's the big daddy. It's what you put the butt plug in, right? Greta, he would do that this thing when he would like hug me where he would like put his arms around me and then like do this. No. <laughs> he wasn't playing you like a Barry was, sax. I was his little saxophone. Oh my God. It was, I, even at the time I was like, I don't like this. No, <laughs> this you say, honey, you got to stop that. But then he ended up dumping me uh, when he was in college to practice the saxophone more. And now he's like a saxophone professor. He was like, right to do it. Okay. I, I can support that. I can support that. <laughs> But like sometimes for people that have done this, yeah, it's like you know you're you know when you are dating someone not that this was my experience, <laughs> but when you're dating someone that's let's say I don't know a soccer player mm-hmm. and they dump you because they want to take soccer more seriously, yeah, yeah. and it's like babe, you're not going to be a professional. Soccer be player. serious. You're not going to be a professional soccer player. You know what I mean? That's why I was so like kind of at first frustrated. But then later felt vindicated. Then I'm like, well, at least he actually did what yeah. he was going to do. He did it. And he plays saxophone in Connecticut to this day. And I celebrate that. Love that. But he, it wasn't him that all the watermelon stuff happened with. That well, was, yes, it was the second boyfriend. Second boyfriend. Well, you should ask them. Did you throw a fucking watermelon on my lawn? Right. Did so, you have to clean it up? Of course. I think my dad ended up doing it. But it was like, at the time, I remember being on IM being like, I think someone just threw a watermelon onto my lawn and they're and because Brockton is Brockton, they're like, that could have also just happened. Like, you don't know. Right. Um, because it's kind of a chaotic place. But it was right after a band thing that we'd all been at. And my boyfriend and I were like, he was like kissing me in front of my house. And then there was a watermelon that hit the lawn. And I was like, it was it was them. I know it was yeah, them. Yeah, it was them. It was them. But I've never I brought it up once, like God, I ran into one of one of these people. They're so lovely. But I, we like went to a bar here like five years ago, and I like 
soft brought it up, but I didn't commit. I was like, yeah. And like, that was such a, that was such a wild time. And like, do you remember when there was like a watermelon that was like thrown onto my lawn? And he was just like, yeah. And then Guilty. Didn't get more specific. I feel like, because also I'm like, we were good friends and had the situation been reversed, I would have thrown a watermelon with him at someone else's lawn. It was consistent with something we would do. Yeah, like you guys, watermelons were the thing to throw. No, it just like I, I, because like I was like, yeah, he would be the guy that would be like, we've got to do something about this. This will not stand. Yeah, we're going to Shaw's. We're getting a watermelon. We're pooling our resources, and whoever has the strongest arms is going to throw it. Okay, but then what happens if it doesn't break? If it doesn't break, then um, I feel like that's a Groundhog Day situation. It's just like a big-ass watermelon. Free watermelon. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Because if it doesn't break, then you're just like, okay, well, that was a flop. Well, I guess we have – I guess I have a snack to eat with my cute boyfriend. There you Um, go. (laughs) I mean, I will say a watermelon is far more considerate than eggs. Eggs would have sucked. And I think that they wanted to do it really – I have a whole idea in my head of how it went. I'm like, they wanted to do it quick. Right. So you just cu- had to throw one thing. And I think that they wanted me to see them do it. Because mm. I saw a blue car pull away. I'm oh. like, I know. Wait, did he have a blue car? He had a blue car. Oh, <laughs> this is, this, we know who threw the watermelon. Why he admit it though? Someday, I'm going to be like 50 years old and he's going to be like, I threw the, I, this we, is his they were chance. In this is his chance. You know who you are. You know you threw the watermelon. Reach out to us. We can talk about it. I brought it up to my high school boyfriend at some point, and he didn't remember. He's like, did that happen? You're like, yes, it happened. And then everyone starts gaslighting you that it never happened. (laughs) Never. Like, no, like the watermelon would never. It happened. And he's like, wow, being a teenager is crazy. I was like, come on. It was like that thing, like that. it, It fucked with my head for so long. I have to say... I think I was maybe a sophomore or a junior, mm-hmm. and people used to baloney cars. Did did you ever see this? No, done. That so you would disgusting. like take a pack of like Oscar Mayer baloney, <laughs> and it sticks to cars. Uh-huh. Now the the you know rumor about baloney, and I'm not sure if it's true because I never fully saw it happen was that if you were to do it in the summer uh-huh. and then it would sit on your car's paint like in the heat it would peel oh. off the paint oh my god I we did it we baloneyed a car in the winter it's all coming back to me whose car we baloneyed it was a boy's car that we baloneyed did he have it coming he did have it coming okay. well, and honestly he deserved the baloney treatment mm-hmm. but it is Really disgusting to have to peel baloney <laughs> off of your car. Someone egged our house when my sister was in high school. Do you know what it was connected to? I don't. My sister would be the one to ask. But I also think wow. it was like during Halloween in D.C. Uh-huh. And where I grew up in Georgetown, oh. it does get pretty rowdy so on Halloween. So it could have been like... Rowdy, but I don't know. It feels very targeted. Egging, watermeloning, baloneying. 
it's feel, feels it very feels targeted. personal. It does. Yeah. It does feel I, personal. I definitely took it very personally at the time. And then no one would admit to it. And I felt like I was losing my mind. Well, this is a perfect segue because knock, knock, knock. We are in the high school guidance counselor's office. Hi. And in this section of the show, hello, I am your high school guidance counselor. We get to rectify a wrongdoing of your high school past. Ooh. In this segment of the pod, you can, you know, apologize to someone. You can say fuck you to someone. You can yield this time however you will so that you cleanse yourself of your high school trauma. Okay. I was thinking, okay, I was thinking about this when I was listening to the show this morning. I feel like, okay, if I could do. You can do multiple. We allow multiple too if you want. I was like, I have so many little problems. Honey. There's one that I think is nice and one that I'm like, that was kind of evil of me, but also I think it's funny. Okay. The first thing I thought about was um, I definitely like was struggling with understanding my own sexuality in high school. Everyone is. Mm-hmm. But um, I was really like, I don't know. I feel like it was such a weird time of like there were certainly kids at my high school who were like out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a lot of kids, but it, they but they were out and for the most part. They were, like, accepted and people left them alone, mm-hmm. which is great because Brockton's great. Um, but I feel like there was not an understanding or, like, tolerance for, like, bisexuality wasn't mm. real. And probably including in my head, too, because I was so resistant to that idea. And so it, like, ties back to the Bright Eyes stuff because the girl that introduced me to Bright Eyes was, like, she's a dancer who is two years older than me. And I was like, I didn't even understand. I was like, I never, like, I felt so strongly about her, Mm. which I also have felt about, like, female friends, too, Mm. of just like, oh, you're, like, an all-consuming friend. But I, like, definitely had feelings for her and Mm -hmm. didn't understand it. And I just wish that I had, like, I wish I had talked about it with anybody. Mm. I don't think it would have been realistic for me to ever talk about it with her because I was like, oh. Carissa. Yeah. She is like, and we would do these things together sometimes where it was like, she's like, I'm doing a photography project. Will you be my model? Let's go to the woods. And I have yeah. a dress. I want you to wear the dress. It's and very intimate. We would do very intimate friendship things. And then she showed me bright eyes and we would like talk about boys, but it was in this weird way. And I don't know. It was like, in retrospect, it was very sweet. And I just wish that I had felt comfortable enough with myself to like bring it up with literally Mm. anybody yeah because I think it would have probably fast-tracked me like understanding myself a little better but also it like gives me a forever there was like a time um because she yeah I was like I would have been a sophomore but like she was nice she was also like this beautiful cool girl who was really nice to me even when I had a back brace Mm. and so I was just like I love Carissa she's yeah Um, and she was like, oh, there's a Bright Eyes concert at Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel in Rhode Island tonight. Like, we're going. You should come. And she didn't know that, like, I couldn't drive or I had, like, no way to get anywhere. Right. And so the closest I came to ever telling anybody was, like, I went to my dad and I was like, I need to go to Providence tonight to go to a concert. I'm not 16. So it was like a 16 plus show mm. or you had to bring a parent. And I was like, I need you to come to this concert and drive me there and then pretend you don't know me because, like, I need to see someone there and it's important. 
And I didn't like really do stuff like that. And I didn't like ask my parents for very much. And so my dad was like, why is it important? I was like, it's just really important. And he did it. And he like brought me. Did he stay for the concert? He did. And he really, he still, there was this band called the Felice Brothers that opened. And my dad's a Felice Brothers fan to this day. It's like a concert from 15 years ago. So funny and sweet. (laughs) Yeah. And I like, I, you know, didn't even fully understand that I like had a huge crush on this girl. But I was like, if I don't go to this concert. Right, like it's do or die. Yeah. And I went. How far away is, how far away is that drive? Because I'm like, so bad at geography. It's like about an hour. It was like, okay. you know, it, it definitely fucked his day up. I mean, that's <laughs> substantial for a yeah. teen. Yeah, it felt really far. And then I was sort of like, well, I could lie and just like take the train. and But I was kind of scared because I, I hadn't spent time in Providence. Yeah. And I was like telling Carissa that I don't know how to get there is not an option. It won't happen. So I asked my dad and he was really cool about it. And she, I don't think she ever knew that he was there. And so I like got to stand in the front with her and my my dad also was like you don't have to wear your back brace tonight to go to bright eyes oh my and i was God. like so was, your dad sounds really great he's the best shout yeah. out to good dads that's so sweet i know i wish i yeah i just wish i had been able to like understand it myself or like talk to people about it I think that like bisexuality still i was truly had this con- i was having this conversation on Friday night Oof. about how, like, I still think bisexuality is something that is still, like, not really accepted. And yeah. I also understand that, like, saying bisexuality is also acknowledging gender as a binary, which is, like, right. a whole other conversation. But, mm-hmm. like, I remember a toxic, you know inheritance of going to high school in the early Mm -hmm. aughts in that like girls could be bisexual but boys like could not be bisexual Mm -hmm. because girls could be bisexual but if you were a boy and you were bisexual you were just gay yeah and like I was saying that I still am like that shit is like so it was so a part of culture then right and it's and like if you were a yeah, and it's like the binary aspect of it is so like of the era too. But like if you were a girl who was bisexual, it was only okay because like straight guys like can like fetishize that. you and it's like hot when two girls make out. Yeah. And I then know. they would like I feel like for girls they would round it down where they're like, Well, you're not actually bisexual. It's just like something that you're like whatever. That you're doing for attention. Exactly. I mean, my last boyfriend did not believe that I was bisexual. Like it was just like it's still like a thing that I think people Bisexual erasure. It's real. It's real. It's a real thing. Tevi, do we have a classmates corner today? We do. Would you like to read it to us? I will. (laughs) Tevi. Yeah. Did you have did you when you went to high school did you feel that there were – were there out people in your high school? A couple. I went to a huge school. I had like 1,300 kids in my graduating senior class. Both oh. of you guys went to huge schools. Did you have houses or were you just blended? No. Well, so when I went to school, um, Plano, the city I'm from, is so big that uh, freshman, sophomore year was its own school and junior, oh. senior year was another school. Whoa. And there were like a bunch of them. There were three senior highs in Plano. So like you only went to school with juniors. But like then your grade or the one below you. That's, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Was that like 
good was that net positive or was that yeah weird? i think so okay i think so but you the friends you made as as a freshman mm-hmm. and they were sophomores or sometimes you're in the same grade they You'd would split. might go off to another school and you wouldn't Whoa. go to school with and them then anymore. you couldn't be sucking in fucking seniors when you were a freshman <laughs> I wasn't doing that but yeah Damn, I guess you that's couldn't true. even meet them i mean i guess you could meet them like in town we had friends at, at the se- other senior did highs. you have big parties yeah i didn't drink though yeah, because you were terrified and you were a good girl. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Can you read us the classmate corner now? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> okay, so today we have Eliza writing in. Hi, Greta. I'm writing to send a big fat fuck you to my high school vice principal. Ooh. One day during lunch, he walked up to my table in the middle of the cafeteria and told me to go to the office. I had no idea why. Of course, as I'm walking in front of the entire cafeteria, the ooze and laughter ensued. Uh, We got to the office and he proceeded to explain that my leggings were see-through and that multiple teachers had reported me throughout the day. I was mortified. Before I could get a word in, he started asking me things like, does your mother let you out of the house like that? What did she say when she saw you? When I explained that I didn't purposefully wear see-through pants and that my parents work and that they weren't there when I was getting ready in the morning, he seemed shocked. It had never even occurred to him. I had to wear basketball shorts from the lost and found for the rest of the day. Not the lost and found. Unsanitary. Looking back, this was so fucked up for so many reasons. One, why the fuck would I purposefully wear partially see-through pants? Two, why would multiple adults teachers report this instead of just telling me? And three, why did the vice principal make me walk in front of the entire cafeteria with my ass showing and walk behind me the entire weight of the office? The older I get, the more I realize how fucking weird it is that these adults behaved this way. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I came to your show in Pittsburgh and it was an absolute treat. You are a gift with love. Girl with the see-through leggings. Oh, my God. Fuck your vice principal. Fuck those adults at your school. One of them should have pulled you aside and given you the heads up. But also, where the fuck were your friends at? (laughs) What? I I am really surprised that, yeah, like it didn't come from a friend. Or I think for some reason, I mean, there's so much like shame being thrown at her in this story. But I'm like mad at the teachers who... Report an extra step to report it. Losers, especially if Narcs. it's like a woman teacher. Like, just yeah, take. Ugh. And then, ugh, anytime someone's like, and then I had to wear clothes from the lost and found. I'm like, that should not be allowed. That is gross. No, lost and found clothes are disgusting. Yeah. we all know that. Unless they're yours and you find them. But <laughs> I've had to go. I one time period blooded so bad in mm-hmm. pants that I had to do a lost and found grab. Uh, um, I am still traumatized from that, that like right now I have my period and I'm wearing white pants and I'm literally like, I'm always like in exercise classes, I'm always scared that I'm sharding and in white, in white, literally I am. I'm like, am I shitting right now? Because <laughs> I never know. Yeah. And then in these, I'm like, am I perioding on this chair? You know, we don't know. But all to say Fuck the teachers and fuck, fuck the vice principals. I feel like we're not like – I wonder if this is different now. I hope it is. But I feel like I had no like gauge for like what was appropriate behavior from a teacher because I think of like how this art teacher at my high school who like threw these parties and did this stuff. I think about like what I thought was like a fun, appropriate conversation with him in retrospect and you're like, that was scary. You should yeah. have been fired. Here's what I have to say. 
fuck vice principals across the board. Mm-hmm. Because why? Why do you want that job? <laughs> you know what I mean? I love teachers. Teachers rock. Mm-hmm. Teachers are the backbones of this country. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love teachers. Teachers are also like, you know what? I'm going to come in here. I'm going to teach my thing. I'm going to impact these kids with my thing. And that's what I'm going to do. Vice principals, it's like you're not the principal. You're just like a power-hungry little – Yeah. I kind of wonder about vice principals. I mean, I liked that show, Vice Principals, because it's like I feel like vice principals and principals, but more so vice principals for some reason. It's like they didn't even want to talk to kids. No. They're like like anti-kids. Yeah. The vice principal is always mean. The vice – you know the vice principal is – because the vice principal has to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like – and the principal has to be – it's like – you know, it's classic. Exactly. But I'm like, I'm every time our like assistant headmaster would be like rude to you, you're just like, where is this coming from? Is this you or is this has has this come down from the headmaster or the principal? I just them? feel like vice principals were so traumatized and tormented in their mm-hmm. high school past mm-hmm. that who knows? But you know what? If you're a vice principal and you're listening to this podcast, that means you're cool. And I don't say fuck you to you. You are an awesome person good save, good doing save. the good Lord's work. How do you do it? How do you do it? My Actually, my cousin was a vice principal at her elementary school for a year and oh, she wow. hated it. She was like, I do not want to be a vice principal, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say yes to this job opportunity. But like she did not because when you do vice principal shit, you actually have to do a lot of like fundraising and stuff oh. like that, which is like, I think why we feel that they want nothing to do with the kids because they're actually right. dealing with trying to like get more administrative, like it's all like paper pushing right. kind of stuff. But you yeah. have to be around kids that hate you all the yeah, time, which does like, sound unpleasant. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Just like stay in your office then. Yeah. I don't, don't know. Parade about, around like, the halls. A teacher with a ton of ambition to become an administrator. I'm just like, I, I'm. Because I have a ton of friends who are teachers. My whole family is teachers. But I'm like, what? None of them have ever been like, let me be an administrator. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? knows? The mysteries, honestly, they are the most mysterious. What do you want me to do? They should write in. Oh, they should write in. (gasps) Listen to that. That's the voice of God on this podcast (laughs) telling you to write in. Um, If you could go back in time and give your high school self any advice, what would it be? Um. I would say um, don't do the National Honor Society thing. It's Mm. not worth it. Mm. Was it stressful? No, it was that I ended up looking like a huge hypocrite in high school in a way that people – I did this. I was like in charge of the school newspaper, which was not a big deal because there were no one wanted to do it. And we only had two issues a year and there were three kids. Really? Yeah. So it was just like me, Mr. Zakowitz, and then like two random people that I would enlist to write the whole newspaper with me. Oh, my God. And so when I was like a sophomore, I wrote this like editorial to fill space that Mm -hmm. was like National Honor Society is elitist bullshit. I hate it. Blah, blah, blah. And then the next year I got into National Honor Society and everyone was like, hmm. Oh, is what it about elitist that? bullshit? And then I became the vice president of National Honor Society my senior year. <laughs> and they're like, hmm, biggest bitch in the world. Like, yeah. Um, so I caught some shit for that and I deserved it. 
And I should have just stuck to my guns and been cool and not joined National Honor Society. No, what did I think it do? National Honor Society is cool. But I will say when I see those fucking bumper stickers that are like, my child is on honor roll or in the National Honor Society, mm-hmm. I seriously want to roll down the window and be like, who cares? And also, you just like, put that in your car for the rest of the time you have it. <laughs> what if they get kicked off? <laughs> then what? You know what I mean? To any, I guess I'm curious, like, if any kids whose parents had those bumper stickers were like, woohoo, I love For that sure. my dad did this. Like, I would not love that. I mean, I, I would that. just, to me, I would feel pressure to make sure I stayed yeah. on it. Because I'd be like, mom popped this on the Volvo. I have to, like, continue performing. It feels like kind of an intense parent move. Like, yeah. be proud of your kid for whatever they do. But, like... If you're putting it in your car for everyone to see, I'm like, oh, this it's imp- it's really important to them. Remember when like uh, people would say about tattoos, like, uh, would you ever put what is it? Would you ever put a bumper sticker on a Porsche? Oh, like to like why you get tattoos or whatever. <laughs> your body is the Porsche. Yeah, I'm like, honey, <laughs> my body is a fucking used car. Yeah, I'm like, I'm working with Corolla shit at best. Like, yeah, might as well do whatever. I'm like, the exterior looks good, the interior is functioning terribly. <laughs> I'm, it's that's what's happening. Exactly. Um, did you go to your senior prom? I did. I went to two senior proms. Ooh, what did you wear? I wore a, oh, I don't know how to describe dresses. It was purple. Uh, It was purple. Did you wear the same dress to both? No, I borrowed it. I went to my cousin's senior prom with her because we were besties and she wasn't dating anyone at the time. So I borrowed a dress for that. I wore like a teal dress from another cousin. Always wearing my cousin's clothes. Um, And then my senior year, I got my own dress, which was a big deal. And... Yeah, I wore this purple dress that had a big skirt, and I had two dates. Ooh, which cool. the love triangle? No, that would oh, that would have been incredible. <laughs> been like, all right, we're a seventeen-year-old throuple now. And you brought a watermelon, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's just kind of a fun like poke at the past. You know that there are seventeen-year-old throuples for sure. I for sure they and and I mean I didn't know them. I wasn't again. I'm like. I'm there, sure this was happening. I just wasn't invited. There are <laughs> probably more poly teens now than ever before. It's true. And I'm jealous. I wish. I mean, I feel like there I wish I were a poly teen. Exactly. I feel like it would have made your life I don't know if it would make your I guess it depends on the person. Being poly as a teen mm-hmm. to me is kind of the only way to do it. Because then it's like you're doing the same things you would be doing, but people are communicating and no yeah. one's mad. And people won't be mad. That's exactly right. Yeah. Wow. If any teens are listening to this, be poly. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's my biggest takeaway mm-hmm. from today's mm-hmm. episode. You know what my high school advice to myself would be? Be poly. Be poly. Be poly. That would be, yeah. Be poly. And then just like chill out a little. Yeah, be relax. Yeah. <laughs> be a relaxed, pot smoking, polyamorous princess. Ugh, it'd be so fucking cool. The quad peas. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, is that my last question? Oh my god, I guess my last question of the episode is, did you have a senior superlative? I did. What was it? It was best dancer. <laughs> Pop, lock, and drop it. What yeah. was your, like, signature style? I did, um, I did, like, tap ballet and jazz my whole life, but in high school, it was, like, the dance team because we had a huge 
uh, football was big at my school. Uh-huh. It was like the only thing we kind of had really going for us. It was yeah. like football and arts. And so we had huge halftime shows and there was a dance team that we would do like rocket style high kick stuff. Oh my God. So me and my best friend Jade, we were we were the kickers. I and love the name Jade. Ugh, she's still the fucking coolest person in the world. She's so awesome. So it's like rocket style jazz dancing you guys did? Yeah. Um, was it sexual? It was there was like it was we were totally covered because it yeah. was only in football season, so like the winter. But yeah, there was some real like especially as the years went on and we got younger choreographers, it was like we were allowed to turn around and really like move kind of slowly. <laughs> yeah, I mean there were some in hindsight, there were some dances, like especially like yeah, where I was like, Woof, you know, popping that thing. Yeah. It was grinding like, all over the place. Body rolling. Yeah. Pelvic thrusting. It was like, the it was the, definitely the horniest thing happening on the field at the time, which isn't saying much because it's like a marching band and flag girls. But I think that's horny. But, but we did you have to horny. choose between band and, well, I guess marching band was different than band. Marching band's different than band. I would have been pushed into doing marching band, but double reeds don't march. So oboes aren't even invited. Say that. Yeah. Double exactly. reeds don't march. We don't march. It doesn't work for the embouchure, and then you would break your reed. It would be a catastrophe. And you need to sit. You can't do it standing, right? You, I mean, you could do it standing, but like standing and moving, and it's just like the outside is like the reed would dry out. Right, in like a second. You just slob on that knob. Exactly. So Jade and I both got Best Dancer, and we the thing is like we're, yeah, we're like doing our, our little kicky I thing. I love it. Do it's you fun. have video of that? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. see some choreo. Yeah. Um. Wow, Jamie, is this uh, is this episode short? Is this episode perfect? I don't, I can't tell what's going on. I think because of the past episode that we did, I was, so, it, it was so long that now I, I should have brought my daughter. I don't know. You should have brought your daughter. <laughs> I know. You should have brought your daughter. I didn't even think to do it. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Jamie! Thank you so much for joining me. Thank, I had so much fun. Did we talk about enough stuff? I feel like. I feel like there's I have so many more questions. <laughs> like I feel I feel like blindsided that it's over. And we'll come back for another episode. Well, I'll come, I have plenty more to say. I want to know about the weird cult that has nothing to do with high school, but oh, yeah. about the cult you researched. I want to know more about like the Mensa stuff. And guess what? I can talk to you about this off air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, where can all of my listeners listen to you? Because you also have a million good um, audio-based medium uh, projects. Yeah, um, you can. Well, I I have a weekly podcast called The Bechtel Cast with my friend Caitlin, and that's a movie show. Um, I do solo reported projects that are the Mensa thing, which is my year in Mensa. Um, And then the other one that I did most recently is called Ghost Church about that community, Casadega. There's other ones, too. And then I have my first book um, is called Raw Dog, and that comes out in May, and it's about the history of hot dogs. Well, I love hot dogs. <gasps> really? Wait, do you have a favorite? What's your favorite spot here for hot dogs? Mm, I don't have a favorite spot here for hot dogs. Okay. I have favorite. Hot, I have a, there's a brand of hot dogs that I like in Pennsylvania that mm-hmm. we get. Uh, it's from a butcher. The it's from a German butcher shop in Germantown. Cool. Um, I love these hot dogs. I dream about these hot dogs. I like my hot dogs burnt. Same. Um, with 
uh, ketchup and mustard. Mm-hmm. And if I'm feeling freaky deaky, I will do relish. But that's only if I'm really feeling freaky. I love a chopped onion on my dog, too, if okay. I'm also feeling freaky. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I only allow myself to have hot dogs, like, twice a year at this point. Okay. Because as a child... My favorite meal was macaroni and cheese with, with cut-up hot, hot dogs. Oh, it's so good. And I'll dream about her, <laughs> and i dream about me, and i dream about us together again one day. <laughs> but I'm not there yet, you know? Well, when the time comes and you need a recommendation, I don't want you to, like, What's the best hot dog place in L.A.? Away. Well, there's a lot of good hot dog places. I really like Tommy's. Um, oh, but, okay. Tommy's which, a classic burger a hot classic. dog spot. If you like chili dogs, that's definitely the place to go. But honestly, it's like if you're going to do it, I feel like the the um, it's mostly like the uh, independently owned stands that are like outside of the Staples Center like and Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Yeah, the best. Love those. But not, not the Dodger dogs they Sonora have at Dodger dogs? Stadium. Sonoran dogs are amazing, Love especially in Arizona. Yes, they are. Yeah, they're so fucking good. Wrap me up in bacon. So put good. some mayo on me. And yeah, the bun. Sonora dog, that big ass bun. That yeah, your your hot dog's just resting and I it's know. toasted. I love it so much. I love a Sonora dog. <sighs> I did yep, I love spent a lot of time in Arizona. Love a Sonora dog. Really? Yes, Reveal. I I did, well, it's not a reveal. All the listeners on this podcast are like, Greta, stop saying the same thing every single episode. <laughs> I did, I just did my freshman year of college at Arizona. Oh. So I had a lot of those hot dogs, mm-hmm. and they're very good. Mm-hmm. They're so fucking good. Um, well, everyone go buy raw dog. That sounds very interesting and good, and we support hot dogs across the board. It's true. They aren't gross. They're actually really good. They're really good. And like, and And why not both? They can be a little gross. You know, here's what I have to say. If you're going <laughs> to eat sausage, mm-hmm. eat a hot dog. Ex- yeah. Grow up. Don't grind be it to a some, paste. like, sausage elitist. Grind it to a paste. You don't a need the texture. A wiener's a wiener, honey. <laughs> Sucking on a chili dog. Okay. I'm going to stop. <laughs> um... Thank you all so much for listening to my podcast. I realize I have not been plugging all of the shit I need to plug. Mm. So, listen up, buttercups. <laughs> I'm going to be coming to Washington, D.C. March 4th and 5th. Uh, sorry, March 3rd and 4th as a part of the Kennedy Center Cabaret Festival. I then will be doing three shows at the Elysian Theater here in Los Angeles. The last three Tuesdays of March. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's very specific. You're not going to remember that. (laughs) But please, for the love of Christ, buy tickets. I need you. I need you more than you need me, actually. I need you. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And then I will be back in D.C. in mid-April. Oh, and if you're in London. (laughs) Come and see me. Please come and see me if you're in London, February 16, 17, 18. I will literally like autograph a T-shirt for you if you come. And that will be worth something one day. Mm -hmm. Not right now, but it will be later. Okay, so you're going to want to hang on to that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. We're going to link all of this below this Instagram post. 
No, we're going to link all of this <laughs> in the description of this podcast. And I'm going to also link it because this year is my year of shamelessly self-promoting. I like that. In self-promoting out shame. Okay. On that note, stay cool, never change. Until next time, ciao. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>